0: I don't think it's possible to pay no tax ever. I do think it's possible to minimize your taxes and potentially even more importantly, be able to build your wealth in a way that helps you minimize your taxes both now, but also down the road in retirement. welcome to profit and prosper a podcast for entrepreneurs who are ready to make some money while doing what they love on this podcast we're going to pull back the curtain and talk about all things business and money but i promise you this is not your typical boring numbers talk i'm your host sarah young a cpa and cfo with over a decade of experience in finance business and leadership I'm going to share everything I've learned from helping my clients grow more profitable businesses and keep more of what they earn while growing my own successful business along the way. You'll feel empowered and confident that you too can grow your wealth, live a rich life and have an impact. Stick with me and you might even start to think that finance is fun. Let's dive in. Welcome back to episode 58 of the Profit and Prosper podcast. Today, we're going to talk about how to pay less taxes because when this episode comes out, it will be right around the tax filing deadline. I assume that you know for those of you who have been working with a tax person, you're getting your tax returns prepped. You might have already gotten it back um, and you might have looked at it and thought, why on earth am I paying so much flipping taxes? Um, Because nobody likes to pay taxes. And I've been having that conversation with clients too, just kind of explaining how it all works. Um, And we are starting up our spring tax planning sessions. And so this is where we sit down with our tax clients and CFO clients and we start talking about, you know, what are the things coming up in the next year for you that, you know, will impact your taxes? What are the different levers you might be able to pull? We talk about different scenarios um, and how, how their taxes will be impacted by the different things that they'll do in their business. And so I have clients who ask me, you know, some of them really don't like paying taxes. And whenever I say like, hey, you have a tax bill, they're like, oh, why? And sometimes I say, listen, it is in your best interest to pay the tax now as opposed to taking the deduction and having to pay tax later. And I'll explain some of that in this episode. So I wanted to do this episode, you know, if you've been around for a while, you probably know I don't talk a ton specifically about taxes, even though we have a whole business line in my business around taxes. Um, I don't talk a ton about taxes on the podcast, one, because it's kind of my least favorite topic. I like I like the strategy of how to pay less taxes, but I like the overall business strategy more. And I honestly think it's more important for you to strategize on how to make more money than to spend a lot of time and energy thinking about how to pay less taxes. But in this episode, I'm going to talk about, you know, how to pay less taxes. And in order to be able to pay less taxes, you have to understand income you have to understand how your income shows up on your tax return and creates taxable income because there are different tiers of income and different ways that you would reduce the different tiers or different buckets of income. So I also am going to point you back to a couple of past episodes. If you go back and look at episode 26, I talked about some of my favorite things that you can do to reduce your tax bill. So go back and check that one out. And then episode 12 had some deduction tips and tax planning tips. If you're on social media for any amount of time, you will definitely see people who are talking about all of the ways that, you know, quote unquote, rich people don't pay taxes. And, you know, some of those things are true. A lot of it, honestly, is clickbait because people know that paying taxes is a huge pain point and like people hate paying taxes. And so they know if they put out content around all these different ways to save on taxes without any nuance, without any, like without enough background on who this is helpful for and when to use that in your business, it kind of gives people... In my opinion, I think it gives the impression that there are ways to pay no taxes ever. And as a tax professional, as a CPA, I'm going to tell you, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's possible to pay no tax ever. I do think it's possible to minimize your taxes and potentially even more importantly, be able to build your wealth in a way that helps you minimize your taxes both now, but also down the road in retirement. Okay, so let's talk about the different types of income. And please understand that for purposes of this episode, I'm going to keep it high level. There's no way for me to cover all of the nuances of everything. So I really just want to give you ideas that you can use to take to your tax person. Or, you know, if you need to get support from a tax person, you just have ideas in your head. Um, Or if you want to come and work with us, you bring things to the table. And, you know, we'll certainly bring them up when necessary. But we can talk through how these might impact your business. So I'm going to explain the different types of income because this is going to impact um, the tax you pay. I would say certain types of income are better than other types for being able to reduce your taxes. Okay. So here are, we'll say four buckets of money, four buckets of income for tax purposes. First up, we have what we call earned income. Earned income is what it sounds like. It's money that you earn from working. So this would basically include W-2 income from your job. And it also includes business income that you earn from your business. Earned income is going to be subject to the highest level of taxes. So you have federal and state income tax, and you also have employment tax. So you're either going to have self-employment tax on your business income Or you will have payroll tax, the Social Security and Medicare tax that you're going to pay on any W-2 income that you have. So this is subject to a whole buku of taxes, basically. The next bucket I'm going to call ordinary income. And this is stuff like your retirement income. So if you put money into traditional 401ks later on in retirement, when you draw that money out, it is going to be subject to income tax, but not the employment tax, not the payroll tax. So still subject to potentially higher income tax rates, but not also subject to the, you know, self-employment payroll tax. The next bucket would be passive income or investment income. Typically, passive income and investment income is going to be taxed at lower rates. This would include stuff like rental real estate and investments. So this would include like capital gains, for example, when you buy and sell things um, that are meant to be investments, if you hold them long term, they're subject to the the lower capital gains taxes, um, because they are investments. And so they're just not in the same bucket as earned or ordinary income. And so the reason these are taxed at a lower rate is because the government wants to incentivize you to invest. That's why the tax rates lower. They want you to invest. They want you to put money into these things because it helps the economy as a whole. So that's why the tax rates are what they are. The tax structure is a system of incentives. Tax quote unquote loopholes, they're not really loopholes, they're there on purpose, but like tax breaks are there for a reason. They are there to incentivize you to use them because by taking advantage of them by having a business or by having investments, you are supporting, you're stimulating the economy. Okay, so remember that. So passive income is usually taxed at lower rates. Like I said, that would be real estate, investment, stuff like that. The final bucket is going to be the best one of all, which is tax-free income. Things that are tax-free can include Roth Retirement account distributions, a Roth account is like your Roth IRA, you could have a Roth solo 401k. If you have a 401k at your job, or if you have an S corp and you have a 401k set up, you could have a Roth option within your 401k. Basically with the Roth, you are not getting a tax deduction now for the money that you put into the Roth account, but you are going to get tax free distributions on that money when you're in retirement and you're taking the money out. So the principal you put in and any earnings on that, completely tax-free. Real estate, if done correctly, can also be tax-free income. With most rental real estate, and we have quite a few clients that have rental properties because our clients tend to be the entrepreneurial sort who want to have all different types of investments. When done correctly, your rental real estate even though you might be getting cash flow, so you collect the rent, you pay the mortgage, you pay whatever other bills, you're, you're getting positive cash flow, but because you also get a depreciation deduction on that real estate, typically you are you have a loss that you can report or you have just zero income to report even though you have cash flow coming in. You can also do things like, 1031 exchanges, which is a like kind exchange, meaning if you meet certain parameters to do to qualify for the exchange, you can sell the property you have at a gain. So you can sell it for more money than you put into it, and then turn around and buy another property for equal or higher value. And you do not pay tax on that gain. Because the government sees it as you're taking the gain and you're reinvesting it into something else. So you can just do that over and over and over again, and you don't ever have to pay tax on the appreciation in the value of the property. Are you ready to create a profitable business and use that cash flow as a fire starter for building your wealth? Since you're listening to my podcast, I'm guessing that you probably do, but maybe you aren't sure exactly how this would work for your business or if it's even possible for you. But listen, I am here to tell you that it is possible because I have worked with so many women business owners who have done exactly that. You can pay yourself a six-figure CEO salary and get yourself out of the feast or famine cycle where you're worrying about cash flow all the time. You can create a profitable business model that allows you to outsource and delegate so you can take time off from your business while still growing to the next level. And you can use that cash flow to start building a seven-figure portfolio of retirement, real estate, or whatever else you're interested in. If you're an established online or service-based business owner who likes some hands-on CFO support to increase your profit margins, build your business to the next level, and grow your net worth using that extra cash flow, then the Millionaire CEO Incubator is exactly for you. The Millionaire CEO Incubator is my signature six-month group coaching and done-with-you hybrid program to help you map out and implement a plan to turn six-figure cash flow into seven-figure wealth. We take on a handful of new clients each month by application. So if you're ready to change your money story, go to profitandprosper.co forward apply or the link in the show notes and fill out the quick application. It should take no more than two minutes and we'll be in touch. Now let's get back to the episode. The final real estate strategy that I want to talk about that gives you tax-free income is what I'm going to, is what you call the Burr strategy. So I'm not like a real estate guru, but it's buy, rehab, rent, refinance, and then repeat. I think it's the final R. I may have like missed an R. Basically what it means is you buy a property you typically for under, you know, market value because it needs to it needs some work and so you can buy it at a discount. Then you rehab the property so you put money into it to get it up to standards. And if you buy the right thing, if you buy the right real estate, then after you rehab it, the value of that is going to be well higher than the cash that you put into it to buy it and to rehab it. So then because the value of the property has increased so much, you go to a bank and you refinance out of it. So you can take, you know, 70, 80% of the cash that you have in that property out or not of the cash of the value out of the property. And because even though you're getting cash out of the the real estate, because it's a loan, because you're getting it from a loan, this is tax free income. So no tax paid, right? You're basically get taking advantage of the increased value of the real estate before you have to go and sell the real estate, you get the cash out of it. And then you can go do the same thing. So you have the cash out, you go do it again. So real estate can be a great source of tax free income. And again, this is all a system of incentives because the government wants you to do these activities that generate the low tax or tax free income. The final source of tax-free income that I want to bring up is what I would call a life insurance retirement plan. Um, you might hear these call 7702 plans. Basically, at a super high level, this is a life insurance plan that is specifically designed to be a retirement plan. So you put money into the life insurance plan. You don't have to wait until your retirement age you know, to start drawing the money out. You put the money into the life insurance plan. Your cash gets invested typically for a 4 to 5% return. So it's less than what you'll get in the stock market, but still pretty steady and still higher than inflation, at least average inflation, which is 3%. And what, what you can do is you can basically, through the life insurance bank, you can loan yourself money against the value of the life insurance plan. So if you have $100,000 invested into your life insurance plan into the assets, then you can say, hey, I want to take a loan of $100,000. And so the bank will give you a loan and you charge yourself less interest than what you're earning on the investment. So if you're earning 4 to 5%, maybe you charge yourself 2 to 3% and you still get to earn that delta over time, right? And so you can take that money out. And again, because it is a loan, it is tax-free income. So we have talked about different buckets of income, earned income, ordinary income, passive or investment income, and tax-free income. When I have this conversation with clients, the reason that they're paying taxes, even though they're like, how can I pay less taxes? And my answer is going to usually be, you need to earn better income. Because if your income on your tax return is entirely in the earned bucket, which I'm going to go out on a limb and bet that most of you only have W-2 and business income. You may have small amounts of investment income um, unless you're listening and you have rental real estate, in which case you already have some of this in play. But the vast majority of people who are asking me, how do I pay less taxes? My answer is we have to start investing in other things that give you investment income and tax-free income. And that means you have to take the cash that you're generating now and start to invest. So let's talk first, like separately from investing into some of these other things. Let's talk about like, what are ways that you can reduce earned income? Okay, because that's where most of you probably have like 90 plus percent of your income is coming from W-2 and business income. So how do you reduce earned income? Number one, you can make 401k contributions if you have W-2 income. And so you take the traditional 401k contribution, you get a deduction that reduces your taxable income in this year. However, I want to ask you, is this the best choice for you? Yes, you might get the satisfaction of reducing your taxes this year, but you're going to pay tax on that money when you withdraw it later. So all things being equal, if your tax rate is the same now and in retirement, um, you can do the math and Whether you invest in a traditional or a Roth account, basically there's no change in the amount of tax you pay. It's just a question of do you pay it now or do you pay it later? So by avoiding the tax now, you might say, well, I can invest more. It really doesn't impact anything if you're in the same tax bracket now versus later because of you having to pay tax on it later. However, if your tax bracket is higher which is probably going to be the case for most of you, because I have a feeling you're not going to want to retire if you don't have enough income to at least maintain the lifestyle that you have. You're also going to lose things, like you're going to lose your child tax credits because your kids are going to be out of the house. Your mortgage might be paid off, so you're going to lose any mortgage mortgage interest deductions you have. All of those things, you might have you know, more business income. You might have other investment income that increases your overall income level. And so if your tax rate is going to be higher in retirement, then it would be to your advantage to pay the tax now and make a Roth contribution. My rule of thumb is if you're in the 22% tax bracket or lower, I want you making Roth contributions because I think you're going to get more benefit by doing that. You also get tax-free income later on from the Roth contributions. If you're in the 24% bracket, I still say make the Roth contribution, but I'm more neutral about it. And if once you get beyond the 24% bracket, then we probably need to be doing other things because if you have that much income, you probably have the income to start to make other investments outside of just retirement accounts, okay? To reduce earned income, you can make 401k contributions that give you a deduction this year, but again, is that the best choice? If you have, this is option number two, if you have a high deductible health plan, you are eligible, that hopefully is eligible for an HSA, put money into the HSA. HSAs will give you a tax deduction now for the money that you put in. And little known fact that people don't realize you can take the money in your HSA and invest it into index funds just like you can in a retirement account. And so over time, they will grow being in the stock market. And then as long as you spend the money on, you know, qualified medical expenses, which if you wait until you're older, you'll probably have medical expenses. Um, As long as you spend on qualified medical expenses, the money coming out is tax-free earnings and all. So the HSA is one of the most amazing things if you want tax-free in, tax-free out. However, it's only to cover medical expenses. And so obviously, you know, this is not going to be enough of an investment portfolio for you. But having an HSA, if you haven't maxed it out, I would say consider doing that. Another way to reduce your earned income is by looking at making an S-corp election at the right time. So we do this exercise for clients when we make the election for them in the first year. I'll do a comparison of what your income would have looked like or taxes would have looked like without the S-corp election and what they look like with the election to say to show them how much they save. And so with, I've been doing this over the last several weeks with clients um, as we send their returns out. And with making the S-Corp election, and then they're also, as S-Corps, eligible in their state for pass-through entity tax, which I won't go into, but it's just an extra deduction that is a newer thing available to S-Corps. Between taking those two, I'm, I'm sending them their files, I'm doing the math for them, and I'm saying some of them are saving 8000 10000 $12,000 dollars just by changing that structure around. Okay, so this is one option where you don't have to spend money to make the election, but you know, when you do it at the right time, it can definitely save you thousands and thousands of dollars. The S Corp election reduces your earned income because what it does, it doesn't necessarily reduce your earned income, but it reduces the employment taxes that you pay. And so that is where that is coming from, that it's saving them in taxes is by reducing payroll taxes. And then because they're also eligible for state pass through entity tax, they're also getting that additional federal um, deduction on their federal return. Okay, so there's that's number three is making the S corp election at the right time, because if you make it too early, and you don't make enough money, you will actually lose money, you will spend more on taxes than you save. Number four is spending on business expenses. So obviously business expenses are a deduction against your business income. And so if you have a profit of $100,000 in your business, you know, you can certainly look at that profit and say, hmm, is there anything that I could potentially spend on that would benefit my business and give me a good return and also help me save taxes this year? I really want to like drive home the point though, like we should not just be spending on business expenses to reduce taxable income because when you have a business expense deduction, you do save on taxes, but it's basically like having a 20, 25% coupon on a thing. You're not getting it for free. You're still spending 75% of the money, right? You know, having that assessment of like, hey, I'm tracking to have a ton of profit this year. Would it benefit me potentially to spend on business expenses to be able to grow my business further? And then also keep in mind, you'll increase your profit in the future, which means you're going to have even more taxes, but you'll still have more money overall. So can you spend on things that give you a good return and imp- like help you overall and also reduce your tax bill for this year? Sometimes investing in your business is smart, but... The benefit of having a highly profitable business is that it generates cash flow that you can go and in turn invest into other things and build your wealth. Okay, so we've got to make sure we balance those things and don't just, like I said, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Don't just overspend on stuff in your business to avoid a tax bill. Another way to reduce earned income is to look at investing into things that give you depreciation. So we've talked about real estate already. Yes, you get depreciation. And yes, it can basically take your taxable income from that rental down to zero or close to zero. But the depreciation is spread out over 27 and a half years for real estate. Something else that gives you depreciation could be buying an asset, So buying another business, for example, if you buy the assets of the business in the year that you buy the business, you get to take, generally speaking, you probably get to take bonus depreciation on basically everything unless you buy real estate too. But all of the sort of equipment type things, um, you get to take depreciation on that in the year that you buy it, even if you finance the acquisition, Let me give you a simple example. Something that my husband and I have had our eye on buying for a while, we just haven't pulled the trigger because we have various other things going on, but would be um, vending machines. So looking at buying a vending machine, let's say the vending machine costs $30,000. I'm gonna go, if we buy a vending machine, I'm probably gonna get a loan, even though we have the cash to pay for it. Like I don't wanna spend it all on a vending machine. So if we go and get a loan, We're going to have to put down in cash $3,000 to buy buy the vending machine and we get a loan for the rest. So we're out of pocket three grand, probably plus some other expenses, you know, to get it installed and whatever, to get it stocked. But we're out of pocket three grand on the vending machine. However, in the year that we buy it, because of um, how depreciation works, we get a $30,000 deduction on our tax return to offset my business income, Right. So depreciation, especially when you can fund what you're buying with a loan, can be a great way to reduce your earned income, to bring your income down. And then if I save, if I get a $30,000 tax deduction, I'm out of pocket three grand for the down payment on the loan. But let's say that saves me 25%, which would be what, $7,500. So I spent 3,000 on buying like the down payment but I'm still getting seventy five hundred back in taxes. So after the down payment, basically buying the machine pays for itself if you have the income to offset. So it pays for itself in tax savings, and then I still have a net positive, you know, forty five hundred dollar cash flow. So buying things that give you depreciation, especially if you can finance them in terms of cash flow, this can be an amazing way to re- reduce your earned income and save on taxes. The last two things I'm going to tell you, these are way more high level like strategic things you can do that I would recommend like when your business is generating three to four hundred thousand dollars and up in profit. One of the things that you can do to bring yourself down in a tax bracket and so let me back up the reason that I say wait until you're at you know three to four hundred thousand dollars is because I want you to be in a high tax bracket. So if you're making $400,000 from your business, you're probably in, I can't remember off the top of my head where the bracket's cut off, but you're probably paying 35, 37% in federal tax plus state tax. Okay. So you are in a high tax bracket. You might benefit from pulling some of the income off of your personal tax return and putting it onto other tax returns. You can set up a C-Corp, for example, that maybe you set up to run a portion of your business and you contract with the C-Corp to, you know, run um, marketing for your business or something like that. And so you take the cash from your main business and you send it over to the C-Corp, basically. The reason this is helpful is that currently the federal tax rate on C-Corps is 22% compared to your 37% tax bracket. The C Corp tax rate is 22%, and a lot of states have um, lower income tax on C Corps as well. So, if you're able to do that, you can pull some of your income out of the high tax bracket and send it over to a tax return, another entity that has a lower tax rate. And so, therefore, you save on taxes. Now, again, so much nuance around all of that. And so, this is not something I want you to just go set up, but like, If you have a high level of income, like I said, and you're in that high tax bracket, then this is something that is potentially worthwhile looking at. Another option could be, especially if you want to pass your business down to your kids one day, could be going ahead and giving a portion of your business to your kids. So adding them as a shareholder in your business, or even better, setting up a trust and doing it as part of a trust where you manage the trust so you still control the shares, but your kids have a portion of your business coming to them via, you know, that trust, right? And so the reason this is helpful is because your kids are in a low tax bracket. They probably don't have any other income. And so you can start to divvy off, you know, a portion of the income over to their tax return. So many things to consider, but I'm just throwing these things out as here's some ideas for you to reduce your earned income, okay? So give a portion of your business to your kids and put that income on their tax return where they're in a super low tax bracket compared to your 37% tax bracket if you're in the top tier plus the state tax, okay? What I want you to take from this is ideas and an understanding of how to reduce your taxes, Hopefully you understand the different types of income that you're going to have on your tax return. So if you have primarily earned income on your tax return, which I bet most of you do, I gave you like five or six different potential ways to cut cut back on your earned income. But as with everything, I'm going to say it again, I'm going to say it 500 more times, it all has nuance. And so if you're in this place where you're like, hey, my tax bill is getting to be burdensome, this is too much. Like, Please go and get support from a tax accountant to make sure that you you set all these things up the right way. And where I ask you, like I said, you can make 401k contributions, but is that actually the best choice to do that to get the deduction now? Go get support and have somebody help you walk through what that looks like. And the other thing that I want you to take away from this is that ultimately you need to earn better income. So instead of having All of your income on your tax return come from business and W-2 income taxed at the highest rates. What if you could start earning better income, earning investment income, um, like through real estate or other types of investments, brokerage accounts, which I don't necessarily love, but like buying other investments to earn income on like capital gains tax rates instead of ordinary income tax rates, or even starting to put things into tax-free income buckets so that when you start to withdraw that money later on, it is completely tax-free, okay? Earn better income. When this episode comes out, it'll probably be close to the tax deadline. We will start taking on new tax clients in mid to late April after the tax filing deadline. So we have our concierge tax package that I don't necessarily talk about a ton on the podcast, but... I do personally think it's an amazing service for people who want to shift from one time a year tax prep to having, you know, experienced financial experts that you can call on throughout the year to get year round support. Okay, so with the tax package, we do the tax prep for your business and your personal returns. We do tax planning twice a year. So in the springtime, we are starting up our 2023 tax planning to talk about the different levers you can pull with your cash flow in 2023. We do twice a year tax planning. You get strategy sessions with your tax expert. We also do quarterly reviews of your financials to make sure things are not you know, messed up to make sure your numbers are correct. We are doing quarterly estimates for you to make sure that you are paying those along the way. And we also have other support available, including office hours weekly um, and one-on-one calls. Okay, So I designed the tax package specifically to be able to support people who have, you know, you're getting to the place where you have a higher profit from your business and you really want to be able to start saving money on taxes. So if that is you then go to my website at trustyoungco.com forward slash concierge. You can read about what's included and then submit an inquiry at the bottom of the page to get started with that process. And we also have a newer service option that is tax and books. So I'm calling it Concierge Tax Plus Books because I'm not creative, but we will do everything in the tax plan plus monthly bookkeeping and monthly reporting from my team. So it is a next step up on the way to, you know, getting ready for our CFO service. So go check that out. That one is at trustyoungco.com forward slash books. That's all I've got for you today. Please, you know, take away from this what you will understanding the different types of income, have some ideas for ways that you can start to save on taxes. Go back and check out episodes 12 and 26 if you want a deeper dive into tax deductions you can take and tax strategies that I love. Um, So go check that out. And then don't forget, please reach out for support. Go submit an inquiry on our site if you want to get next level tax support for 2023 and beyond. All right, that's all I've got for today, y'all. And I'll see you back next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Now, I want you to go take some action. What's one thing you can do this week to create more profit in your business? Send me a DM on Instagram at youngcoCFO and share your action item with me. If you have a question or topic you'd like me to dive into, or if you're feeling empowered about taking charge of your finances, let's continue the conversation. Go to profitandprosper.co to submit a question or topic for me to talk about on the show. And because we all profit and prosper better with friends, please leave me a review on Apple podcasts, subscribe wherever you listen and share the episode. Make sure you tag me at youngco CFO on Instagram so I can give you some love and I'll see you in the next episode.